Last week on the Glass Cannon Podcast. A fucking misfire. Are you kidding? Oh, to my three. God. At their most desperate hour. This is that part of the movie where you think the heroes are going to lose. Yeah, most yeah, movies but, they don't Yeah, but it's not lose. a movie. You don't have some writer <laughs> that's just like, oh, well, then they'll go like this. And everybody wins. Everybody feels good. Uh, we just lost the dog with uh, Who cares? Nobody cares about that. <laughs> and the good characters triumph. But no. Not when you play the game for real. And grasping for a strategic advantage. God, some days I long for when I was temping. That was my job. (laughs) You don't mean that. The heroes were able to turn the tables. Two can play at this game. (gasps) Metro will step onto the ethereal plane. Tricky. But at what cost? As that last bullet flies towards her, her eyes close and she starts mouthing a prayer under her breath as she catches the bullet in her head and (laughs) dies! (laughs) The adventure continues now. No one ever said that the road to 300 wasn't going to have a couple bumps along the way. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> just just crushed that open. Were you thinking about that the whole way here? No, I just I said it, but then I looked at you, and you were just laughing at me because of the way that I just over-dramatized the sentence. <laughs> and then I laughed. It was fun. Wait, were, were the bumps on the road itself or on the road to get to the road? On the road itself. Okay. The road to 300 is a metaphysical road. So no one ever said the road to 300 was smoothly paved. That's Wait, right. It's a metaphysical oh, road? Yes. <laughs> Wait, where is this road? Where is this road? What, road. what are we? <laughs> On the road. <laughs> Wait, so did I screw it up? No one said there would be bumps? You said no one said there w- no one said there wouldn't be bumps on the road to 300? Right, so that, okay. was, that so, was wrong? No, that's correct. That might now. be wrong. It was know. just an interesting turn of phrase. Are people even talking about the road? Maybe the, there's nobody mentioning the... I, it's hot on social media right now. Uh, it's, it's the biggest bumps. thing on TikTok. It's huge. That's they true. should be. It's a metaphysical road. Matthew, have you seen the Road to 300 dance on TikTok? I haven't. Sweeping the niche. Unfortunately, I'm not on TikTok. Why haven't any of you showed it to me? Well, you're not on TikTok. I don't need to see it on TikTok. I need, I need to see you all do the dance. Grant, do the right. Road to 300 All right, dance. everyone pause. Uh, oh, wow. I, I have recently gotten onto TikTok because a friend of mine was like, yeah, it's awesome. I look up recipes and I now torture Angel because I put it on at like 11 at night. And then before I know it, an hour has passed of me watching these 15 second videos. (laughs) And it's one of those things where you're chasing a high. It's what I imagine uh, being addicted to crack must be like, because you'll see one that's really funny. And then you watch 10 more that you just go, meh. And then you see one more and you're always looking for that one more. Oh, I can't wait till TikTok goes the way of all those other shitty apps that have I just think it disappeared. Will. Yeah. I just don't have the attention span to watch an entire 15-second video. No. <laughs> it's too long. Yeah, it's going to go the way of all those other apps like Twitter and Instagram. Well, do people still Snapchat? I don't think I don't hear anybody talking about Snapchat no more. 
Snapchat made some bad strategic mistakes along the way that prevented them from becoming what they should have been. They're kind of like Skype not being ready for the pandemic. Yet. It was yeah. very hot when it was out, though. So maybe TikTok will just die, too. Well, they, the main thing with Snapchat was they uh, invaded Russia at the beginning of fall. Yeah. You don't <laughs> land war in Russia during winter. Yeah. Never get involved it's in a, a land classic war mistake. Yeah. And it's like, what are you doing? But they're obsessed with Napoleon and bettering him. That's why they say you should study history, because if they had just studied history. You know, history doesn't repeat, but it sure rhymes, Troy. It sure <laughs> rhymes. Nobody ever said the opening to this intro wouldn't have some bumps along the way. <laughs> I, for one, would, would really like to unpack this metaphor for a moment. So if the bumps, I'm assuming, is that, you know, Dalgrith was killed uh, in a meaningless, unnecessary combat. Certainly not meaningless, but yes, go on. <laughs> unnecessary combat? Nope, not unnecessary. Completely avoidable combat? He di- wouldn't, isn't that a way to go, Joe? It's like, go against a badass Inquisitor? Wouldn't you rather die to an Inquisitor than, like, the hill giant back up at first i thought it was just very hurtful what matthew said (laughs) and then i thought a little bit more about it which i hadn't done and the saddest part is that he's right (laughs) just imagine if we hadn't gone down that ladder it was a terrible place to die (laughs) the fucking air sewer yeah, it's an air sewer. Uh, we, he died uh, in an air sewer. Uh, and we didn't have to go into the air sewer. Really, there was no reason to go. He died in a wet propulsion duct. <laughs> no. Like, like a stormtrooper. I should have Bruce Willis' character died in the vent. Yeah. And that was the end of the movie. Yeah. He, he died liked- in the airy colon of this facility. <laughs> The moist hole. Right, the, the moist hole. <laughs> no, we just left his body there to gently be eased out to, of the sphincter. To, <laughs> to, <be, laughs> to be gradually peristalticized. Oh, that would so funny if the wind picked up and just... Ah! You know, <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. We watch your, your gold. Carrying out and stuff. You joke, but after we strip your body, I mean, I can think of no better way to alert our allies on the ground than to just dump your body with a note strapped to it so that when it, when it, when it falls and hits the earth and basically disintegrates into goo, the paper will survive that gives them the information about what we're up to. Right? Yeah. There's a skies in it. I'll help. <laughs> Gather the pieces. Bury. Send a 15th level character. That's the thing that's so irritating and so goddamn ridiculous. It's like, I already brought in, a world-renowned beast slayer because it was like 12th level or something like that. Now we're 15th. You basically have to have like a king or like (laughs) a king's right-hand man. That is pretty much your only options in the entire world. It's like that's the level of character you need. Like a George Clooney level fighting celebrity I mean, right. we could have an a-lister we yeah. could have a demigod like why limit ourselves yeah that would be cool it reminds me kind of of the last scenes in anchorman and anchorman 2 where the other <laughs> news crews have a battle and you're like oh my god that's will smith right what's happening here <laughs> where where are you at with all this joe are you at peace um yeah 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 i'm at peace we we joked about it for so long that we joked about one that people are going to start dying and two that it was always going to be Dalgrith first, uh, but then it happened, and it was by like the skin of a roll, couple rolls the other way. It didn't have to happen. It's always bad rolls. Yeah, I, I think that there's a really there's a good chance he could have he could have been all right. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah, if he makes that first climb check. 
and is immediately sitting at an effective 39 AC. You know, then it's like, I mean, this that, that Inquisitor was hitting a, a 45, so he definitely could have taken some hits, but I think there would have been some misses in there. Mm-hmm. And even the negative levels and stuff like that, that's tough without a cleric, you know, if, if you consider the fact that I guess you can never leave once you enter this castle. So that might have been really brutal, but I'd rather be alive with energy drain and like get that back eventually, you know? Yeah. Um, but I said it last up. I just, um, I'm just sad. I'm just sad. I'll be, I'll miss playing Dalgrith. He was a fun guy. He was slowly becoming comic relief. Um, but now he's gone. And, uh, let's be honest between now and the end, there's going to be, there's going to be some other deaths. There's just no way around him. All you got to do is have bad initiative, bad place. Who's going to scout now? Could have been anybody else scouting. It was Dalgrith, and that's what got him killed. Somebody's going to have to scout, and they're going to be the one that takes the full attack from a giant. But uh, he was a hell of a character. You done good, Joe. Done good. <laughs> he was terrible, but he was really <laughs> fun to play. Well, the road to 300 must march on. We must avoid these bumps, Matthew as best we can and navigate what remains of this lonely road. I want to take you into the imagination sphere to kick things off today. Oh, uh, were those the lyrics from a country song, by the way? Sorry. It felt very, very country. <laughs> very country. Well, I just, I listen to a lot of country, so it maybe just be seeping into me. Is the road to 300 a dirt road? It's an old dirt road. <laughs> where you drive a Chevy with a Bud Light in the console. With the music up loud, listening to the wind, thinking about a girl. There you go. That's a whole album. Yeah, I'm chilling on the dirt road, laid back, swerving like I'm George Jones. You like that, Matthew? It was great. Who's George Jones? Smoke rolling out the window, <laughs> ice cold beer sitting in the console. That's illegal. You like that? It was great. It might be. That might be illegal. But my rendition is not good. <laughs> that's definitely what uh, what makes or break a copyright law. It's true. You have to read it, the fine print, Matthew. Uh, that's Jason Aldean, Dirt Road Anthem. There, I gave him credit. Mm. Uh, Your Honor, I would like to submit my performance was extremely poor <laughs> and therefore is, does not constitute infringement. Well, uh, precedent was set in Plessy versus Ferguson. You're free. Uh, <laughs> I can only remember, like, Plessy versus Ferguson, Roe versus Roe v. Wade, and uh, something against the Board of Education. Yeah, I can't remember. Brown, Brown. Brown versus the Board of Education. <laughs> the big three, they call them. The big three. Uh, imagination sphere. Let's jump into it. I feel like we haven't, we haven't hung out there in a while. And you know what? It's getting, it's getting dusty. We've got to take, take the old girl out for a spin. <laughs> Shake the dust off. Hey, that's another our country song. Shake the dust off. Anyways, Joe, can you give me like a... <laughs> Don't say bouncy C. Yeah, give me a bouncy <laughs> C, but spelled S-E-A. Oh, oh a little some, uh, some aquatic music. Oh, is yeah. that a C some, sharp? Yeah, give me a bouncy C <laughs> sharp. Sharp. Oh, there she is. It's close. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's not going to be right on. It's not right on, but it, it evokes sailing. Oh, you were being literal. Yeah, yeah. Oh. That's you, okay. You want the Michael McDonald song? No, this is this no, one's good. Christopher Cross. Christopher Cross, Cross yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is good. This is getting me in the mood. We, we're going to fade up 
on the deck of a sailing ship. A generous wind whips through the rigging, catches the sails, and propels this ship cleanly through the water. You can see the sun blazing out of a clear blue sky as we move along the deck, past the main mast, past the mizzen mast, and up to the aft castle, where two figures stand piloting the ship. At the helm, gripping the wheel with scarred green hands, is the fearsome form of Rag Blood Tusk. Whoa. <laughs> Gladiator of Urgear and captain of the Chelish Devil. Hmm. That's By a name I have not heard for a long time. Long time. Long time. <laughs> no, he's not dead. <laughs> not, not yet. <laughs> Standing next to him, right by his side, is a younger half-orc with a tattoo resembling a seven-pointed star upon his cheek. Rag looks out ahead and smiles. It's mornings like this that remind us why we go through all the trouble of staying alive, eh, Tog? The wind at our back, the spray of the river on our face and answering to no one but ourselves. (laughs) Aye, Captain, Tog replies with a smile. A hatch suddenly opens on the deck and a familiar voice is heard over the snapping of the sailcloth. Captain, you best come down here. We follow the voice and see Halrix, <laughs> the full orc coxswain. <laughs> the challenge <devil. laughs> I've got the helm, Captain, says Tog. Rag takes his hands off the wheel and his expression changes as he's pulled away from his all-too-fleeting, carefree reverie. He works his way through the benches where the rowers would sit had the wind not been so favorable this morning and comes to see Halrex standing outside of the cargo room. He's awake, she says. Really? Bragg replies, clearly surprised. I thought it'd be longer. Well, let's see him then. Bragg starts to make his way past Halrex. Captain! Halrex urgently puts a hand on Rag's shoulder. Be careful what you say. His kind, they aren't to be trusted. I'll be right there in case he tries anything. Rag looks at her for a long moment. Thank you, Halrex, but I'll speak with him alone. It's a beautiful day out there, and we don't need the boys rowing this morning. Why don't you go above decks and take a moment to enjoy the morning? I hate the sunlight. Yes, of course you do. Well, you'll be leaving Tog all alone there at the helm, but I suppose he could manage. Harrix's expression changes ever so slightly at the mention of Tog. Well, I suppose I can go check on Tog if you insist. I do. Now, get out of this hold and get some fresh air. Aye, Captain. We see Harrix's face as she turns from the captain and walks away, perhaps a small smile creeping into her hardened expression. We come back to Rag standing at the locked cargo door. You guys remember what this looked like? You know what? 
me jog your memory. Let me jump on roll 20. Oh, real quick. Oh, oh, whoa. Does this ring a bell at all? Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, this is, I believe this is the site of one of your most embarrassing defeats, Troy, right? <laughs> it sure is, Matthew. Thank yes. you for remembering. It is the yes, exact is. site. <laughs> Right, <laughs> right through that that cargo hole, boom! <laughs> Bowl blasted open. Gorion came out, and a fight ensued right in this very room. This is like deck. seeing an old friend. I know. Yeah. Years, years of my life have just melted away as I saw this map of this stupid ship. <laughs> Remember when the maps were this tiny? Oh, so small! Look at that room where you guys partied all night. So small. I also forgot the the bilge the bilge level where we fought uh, Malira. Yeah, uh, yeah. Bilge of spies. Yes, bilge, bilge of spies. Of spies. Classic. Yeah. <laughs> it's a classic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love I love seeing this. Uh, Things so, are so much simpler. Oh, it was level. a simpler time, right? <laughs> oh man, all you had to deal with was saboteurs and drakes. Yeah, <laughs> and river sharks. Yeah, crocodiles. Give me a crocodile, please. Yeah. <laughs> Over a fifteenth level inquisitor. Giant Inquisitor. <laughs> I were fighting animals. Like that's how long ago this was. <laughs> it's the only just thing regular. Com- we could just could break into a zoo and just start fighting. <laughs> just whatever we find. Level up, <laughs> alligators. That would be a good way to rack up some quick XP. <laughs> just like just go into a zoo. Yeah, break into a zoo and just fight <laughs> gor- gorillas and lions and just like level up. <laughs> yeah. Just a good eight hours. You to go out. There's a second adventure adventure path that does exactly that. Oh no, the whole part. Oh, it's no. in the zoo. How much XP are the baby orangutans? <laughs> Oh, no. Not enough. <laughs> so Rag is... Imagine Rag standing right here, at this, uh, right outside this double door uh, where uh, the Gryon was kept. He's standing there, and he, he inserts a key, turns the lock, slowly opens the door, and inside, it looks different from how we remember it. There's a motley collection of supplies, a, a large empty cage that sits waiting there, perhaps to jail some unruly deckhands, or perhaps even a beast of terrible power who <laughs> only rolls 20s. <laughs> a beast who started the uh, house rule that you have to confirm fumbles if you have multiple attacks. Oh, wow. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Next to the cage, sitting on the edge of a makeshift straw bed, is a black-haired dwarf his clothes are stained with blood and his face though a swollen mass of bruises and cuts is easily recognizable it's Dahlgrith Deathbringer whoa what you're a tough one I thought you'd be in the boneyard by now where am I you're on my ship a chelish devil. We picked you up two days ago outside Urgir. We found you collapsed at the river's edge. Looked like you were in a hell of a fight. Aye. Uh, that it was. So what's a dwarf with your reputation slumming it this deep into the holds of Belkson? And without any token of safe passage, no less. My... Reputation. You know who I am. I don't know who the hell you are, but a few of the boys said they call you the Deathbringer. Hmm. 
killed the reef claw of Conqueror's Bay, the Leng Spider of Icemark, the, the Brass Golem of Ito. Dogrith just doesn't say anything. I was suspicious myself until I saw you were carrying weapons worth more than the whole of my ship. And he, like, snaps up and, like, looks around, like, realizing for the first time that he doesn't have his weapons. Uh, don't worry, I've got them locked away in my quarters. You'll get them back soon enough. So, is it true? Are you the Deathbringer? I, I am. Rack just kind of eyes him up and down, nods solemnly, and sits down on a crate near Dogrith. No longer towering over him. So, Dalgrith, Deathbringer is flesh and blood after all. I am all too aware of that at the moment. Ah, but sometimes you forget, don't you? I sometimes I do. I know how you feel. I may not look it, but there was a time, and this is going back many years, mind you, but there was a time I was the best pit fighter in all of her gear. When I was at the top, every fight seemed easier than the last. I couldn't lose. And the fame, oh, the fame was intoxicating. Hearing your name spoken in the streets, chanted from the, the crowds, people falling all over each other just for a chance to touch your hand. I thought I was invincible. I forgot I was made of flesh and blood, just like everyone else. Then I got this, and he like pulls down his shirt, and you see this long scar that runs from his collar right to sort of the area above where his heart is, inches away from where you think the heart would be. I spent two months just trying to stand and breathe without collapsing in pain. That's where I met Halrix, actually. She took care of me, nursed me back to health, just as she did you. And you don't... You don't fight anymore? No. Well, I laid in a shack outside the walls of Ergir, recovering. I thought about what I was fighting for. Fame, glory, riches. It seemed as I lie there, fighting off death with every breath, a rather petty thing to risk my life for. Was a... Those are wise words, Captain. You remind me of Yorick, my great teacher and friend. <sighs> Glory fades, he used to say. Honor endures. I'd forgotten that. Sick trends of Gloria. Those are good words. It's not too late to remember them. Aye. I've been on this ship for many years, and I was in the fighting pits for half again as many, and I can tell you, fighter to fighter, what I've learned from these two lives. Fighting for yourself will make you strong. Fighting for others will make you immortal. Says your man, Yurik, says, honor endures. If I'm to fall while defending this ship or its crew, then that is a death worthy of my life. Well, I've come close before to die. 
But I've always come back from the brink, it seems. Uh, I don't think I'm fated to die like this. Well, if half the stories are half true about Dahlgrith Deathbringer, then heed the words of a pit fighter of Urgir. You keep fighting the things you fight, and you will die. Just make sure that you know why you're risking everything. You want to look forward when you walk into the boneyard. Not back. Dahlgrith just takes that in for a minute and uh, just nods quietly. He's just thinking, where are you, where are you taking me? Rag looks at you and he feels like he got through to you, maybe. And uh, he said his piece. And so he stands up. He says, uh, what am I taking you to the, to the borders of Belkson? And there, I must leave you. For we've got business to attend to on the River Esk. Well, getting out of Bilson is. That's all I need. You have my thanks, Captain. Are you strong enough to walk, Dwarf? Uh, I think I can manage. All right, well, then come with me on deck. It's a day that will make you forget all the terrible shit in this world and remind you why life is worth living. Right. Well. And lead the way. And he'll, he'll follow him. And so he'll lead you back through where all the rowing stations were. <laughs> where Halvix called. Didn't Halvix call work like, you son of a bitch? Or like she was really mean. <laughs> I can't remember, but it was funny and mean. And mean. And it got like, there was a moment where you were like, all right, all right, that's enough. Yeah. Troy. <laughs> uh, so he pulls you through there. Well, this is the, this is the location of the, the no pants flute dance. This yeah. is where Halvix was charmed. Right in this spot. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and she was like, oh, my God. Oh, I wish I could just, well, I can't go back and listen, but I wish I could remember it right now, just how clear it was like. <laughs> I wish I could go back and listen. Yeah. If, only the, if only that moment was preserved uh, via just recording some record device. of it. I, I, I think wish. what you're trying to remember is, she said, would you like me to play my flute for you? And she said, I would love that. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's right. exactly that's right. the memory I was looking at. <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> After she had been so on yeah. mean so, the no, whole I, time. I think Baron asked her to play her flute once, and you just, like, slammed the door on her. Yeah. 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 No. Slammed. Uh, so he takes you through where the rowing docks, uh, rowing decks are, rowing seats, and uh, you go up uh, to the deck, and you're greeted by uh, Tog and uh, his twin brother, Sharg, has the uh, tattoo on the opposite cheek, Halrix, and... Uh, this cook holding potatoes and Goshnak. Mm. As the crew go about their business, Rag and Dalgrith walk up to the bow of the ship and look out over the edge. And Rag's like, so, where will you head next? Dalgrith will just look out over the landscape, over the, like, the rolling hills of, of Belkson and see the, uh, probably fires burning in the distance it just you know sort of a, an unfriendly looking place but beyond that there's a wall that's just being lit by the by the the dawn sunlight you know hitting the, the wall of the Mindspin mountains that just like sits behind all of it the snow-capped peaks and he just looks to that and just says somewhere different somewhere new 
We close in on that look of hope in Dalgrit's face and transition to Dalgrit's lifeless eyes deep within the propulsion ducts of Zephyr Hall. Nestor, Baron, and Metra stand over Dalgrith's body and over the bodies of four advanced phase spiders. And this inquisitor of Zon Kuthon. Let's go back to the map. Take one last look. You may never see that. Hmm. The old Goodbye, chalice devil. devil Goodbye, again. chalice devil. Oh, look, the stables that need mucking. Uh, yeah, the <laughs> stable mucking. Stable mucking. Stable mucking. <laughs> oh, God. This you brings know, back crazy memories. I know. I can, ima- I, can, I can picture the room and the look on your face, Troy, when you looked over at Grant and said, How about you, dwarf? How about you, dwarf? <laughs> stable mucking. <laughs> stable mucking. <laughs> I was when I was driving in today. I listened. I was trying to remember what everybody sounded like, so I listened to episode thirty-three, which uh, we say right at the beginning. It's the Larry Bird episode. Now we say that for every <laughs> yeah, every uh, instance of thirty-three. Instance of thirty-three. It was Dick in a Boat. Skid did the intro, um, and and the title, and yep. the title, <laughs> and it was it was just when you guys had discovered that the uh, someone had sabotaged the rail. And so you were like, wait a minute, mm. this wasn't an accident. Someone sabotaged this. And Urag was like, oh, I'm a new, I'm a bit of a new fisher. I didn't know how to, uh, but, and you, it was just crazy. That was so long ago. Wasn't that like a, like a exceptional role from Grant on the engineering check or something that let us figure that out? I or think perception so. maybe that would have been the end of 32 because you go into 33 knowing that there's a oh, saboteur, okay. I think. And, uh, it's the first time Gal- Galabras gets to cook and you, you crushed your initial, uh, cooking checks. Uh, oh, you're a very good cook. You've done very good. <laughs> Don't be too good, or you'll steal my job from me. Oh, man. Oh, God. And he was the bad voice. guy. <laughs> I think we called it in that episode. You're like, well, that's just the cook. It's always the cook. It's always the cook. <laughs> and I laughed and laughed to myself. <laughs> anyway, say goodbye to this. I'm, I'm never coming back. Uh, farewell, Bye. nostalgia. Farewell, nostalgia. Bye, boat. Nothing hits me harder than nostalgia. I that's know. why I love Christmas so much. Um, so let's go back here. Um, you're all standing over. I'll take the red X off of Dalgrit's body for out of respect. Have a little respect. Oh, um, oh, wait. I think he's back to life. I think you need to put the red X back on. I'll just put the snail symbol above it. <laughs> okay. He's a little slower today than usual, <laughs> a little tough to rouse. You see him laying there, and he came to you at a time when, like all the heroes that have joined your party, Baron, since you've been there since the beginning, when you really needed him. Another dwarf, a fellow dwarf, someone that understood the plight. A hero, a famed hero, the way the Pembroke talked about him. And this is how he died. Trusted advisor, able to always have mirth and kindness. Even in the darkest hour, something Baron often loses sight of. Able to laugh while fighting danger. Mid-battle. He'd be laughing. Yeah, Dalgrith was like a good locker room guy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Intangibles. Yeah, he had lots of intangibles. Not a great shooter or defender, but good locker room guy. He's like a Cliff Levingston. Yeah. (laughs) 
the chemistry guy that gets the Scotty Pippen and Michael Jordan talking to each other again yeah. after they get in the fight. <laughs> no, but <laughs> the good players. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Only the best players can do that. <laughs> um, but yeah, Baron just, as soon as the, the inquisitor of Zonkuthan falls, just his face sinks down and he looks 15 years older than he is. Hmm. Maybe some gray you never noticed in his hair. It's very apparent. As he pulls his hand through it. And he just slowly trudges out. No. No. Dalgreth. Oh. Walks over. Attempts to maybe heal him. But before he knows any better, he, he can tell that the life has left him. Remove the spell from here. Remember I spell. Okay. <laughs> it's gone. Just like Dalgreth. Never to be recovered. I'm assuming, no. good, Troy. I'm assuming that was a cure serious. I'd like you to remove it. <laughs> Don't metagame with cure light. I actually, know they need I actually, I cast long shot on his corpse. <laughs> <laughs> it's it a, is long a long shot, shot to bring yeah. him back. That's why I did it. That's why I did it. That's the Nick Lowe no. way of casting spells. <laughs> it is. It's the longest shot of them all. It would be a long shot if this worked. <laughs> so oh, I've got a spell for it right here <laughs> on my list. It's called long shot. Uh, Nick, we love you, buddy. I was going to forget the using open clothes to close the circulatory system when he's bleeding. I yeah, to, stop, just, to stop your ally from I bleeding. I just yeah. emailed Nick and I was like, I, I missed the days when you tried to make an argument that my circulatory system was a container. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, oh, but yeah, you don't know. So you, you, you try two or three ca- cure serious. <laughs> and it's like you're clear. No, you try it again. So yeah, mark three on your sheet. Sure. Push two milligrams of epi. <laughs> and nothing. He's not even. <laughs> but I try to cure serious. All of them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm down to cure mods. Use them. Damn it, man. I can see it. I think he's about to come back. <laughs> Do spontaneous casting. Burn your other high level spells. Scuffle. <laughs> Use you. the grit. Don't. Use the rest of the grit. Use the grit. Quick clear is the order. <laughs> uh, nothing you try works. And Dalgrith. Talvigus just lays there, dead. You silly fool. I could have saved you. Why why do you think he wanted to stay, Metra? I saw you reach out to him when we teleported. He was a fool. Too pure for this world, perhaps. I could have kept a straight face if you hadn't left. I'm sorry. You called him a fool twice and then called him too pure for this world. It was just... No, you're right. He, he, he was an idealist. He seemed to find truth where it seemed murky to most, and that truth was often in battle. He marched forward, ever onward. Now I find us stuck in the awful bowels of this terrible castle. Not much hope. Us three moving on much further, but I don't know what else to do besides uh, pick up the pieces. And uh, can we get him out of here, Metra? Do you think we can leave just to get out? I know it's crazy. I know this place is flying, but I, it, it, I just want to do right by him. I just want to give him his due. 
I want to find him a place to rest. His weary bones. I have no ability to cast gentle repose. Well, maybe... Maybe we can put him in the room we're resting in with Renthal and... And find a place for him when the time's right. While this is happening, Nestor's hanging back and he's hovering over the corpse of the Inquisitor giant. Just like kind of saunters up to her and pulls his dagger out of his belt. And ignoring the other two, he just kind of holds it up. Tries to measure it right over her eye. Maybe as she's gurgling her last breath and so that it lets it drop as it pierces her eye and socket into her brain. And he kneels down and into her ear. She says, That's what you gave for making me feel. <laughs> pulls the dagger out, pulls the arrows out of the two holes punched in her armor, and makes his way over to the others. Add those arrows to your inventory. Done. <laughs> Do you think he had a death wish, Baron? So many times he threw himself so... so brazenly into danger without even a care for his... his health or well-being or safety. We live longer than a lot of the small folk of the world. We don't even come of age until we're about 50. It's towards the end of most people's lives. Humans, I mean. But I think he knew, as an adventurer, as a warrior, that his time was short. And what days he had that were numbered, he needed to pack in as much living as he could. And boy, howdy did he. Damn it. He'd dance across those battlefields get into places he shouldn't climb on top of who knows what five times his size laugh the whole way and shove his dagger in the side of their throat and I watched him fall and you know what I laugh with him he seemed like he'd live forever but I think he knew damn it I've seen this too many damn times this is where it ends, Metra. I'll tell you that. I told your daughter that. I tell too many people I'm going to help save them, and then this happens. I don't want it to happen anymore. And all I know is he's given me what I needed to move forward one step at a time with courage in every goddamn step until Volstice falls. It won't happen again, and if it does, it's happening to me. That's all I want to talk on that point, damn it. Takes a swig of whiskey out of his pocket. Rest easy now, Dogriff. I hope you find many battles in the life to come. You, um search the room kind of uh, perfunctorily just you're so used to let's search the corpses see if we find anything of import there's nothing on the uh, phase spiders 
Um, <laughs> really? <laughs> side note, as you're climbing up the chain, there's something like a 25% chance, maybe less, uh, that one of the phase spiders phases to existence while you're climbing the chain. And I was rolling those percentiles. Oh, wow. wow. Uh, and it just comes, uh, attacks you, possibly grabs you, and pulls you into the ethereal plane. And just one attack, uh, and you didn't. Uh, it didn't happen. But I was rolling those percentiles. Wow! It would have happened to Doug. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. Well, Baron was one of the ones that was first up there, but you were flying, so it was only yeah, only Dalgrith would have been in danger. Um, so yeah, obviously they're not carrying anything. The Inquisitor of Zonkuthon has a spiked chain, which is not magical. Magical armor, uh, a magical potion. And one of those cloud engineer badges. So now you'll have two of those. Okay. Um, save you some castings of uh, air bubble. Um, and that's it. Magical potion, magical armor. Oh, spellcraft? Yeah. Uh, that is a 23. It is a potion of cure serious wounds and... Pour it down Dogra's mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and nothing, nothing happened. That was good. <laughs> that was good. Uh, the cloak, uh, excuse me, not the cloak, the um, breastplate has, has a familiar feel uh, as you lift it, and it almost seems to shimmer in and out of existence right before your very eyes, as it is a plus one etherealness breastplate. Whoa. Whoa. Very cool. On command, the ability allows the wearer of the armor to become ethereal once per day. Wow. You can return, you can remain as ethereal for as long as desired, but once you return to normal, you can't become ethereal again that day. So, standard action, become ethereal. Damn. It's kind of useful to hide and wait for some unsuspecting PCs to pass by. Yeah. So, she phased in as the spiders did. She used her etherealness. So she couldn't do it again. She couldn't do it again. I Uh, I thought about having her just be around the corner and then come in and surprise as the spiders surrounded you in this intersection so that she could go ethereal and disappear or disappear and have just Metro chase her. But I thought I'd burn that bridge and have her just run. That makes her like the leader of a spec ops military team with these trained spiders. Like she has special equipment and has adapted to like these trained attack dogs basically and that's crazy. Yeah and why? You know you as much as you say what are they protecting? As much as you say Dalgrith died for no reason and this was stupid like why are these people down here? Yeah. What? do you do? Yeah, this is what I think Nestor makes the point. He says, I don't mean to interrupt. This is a very emotional moment. But my curiosity is piqued as to why these, this particular group would be down here in the fucking sewers of this place. What were they, what were they uh, trying to keep us from? It's a good question. Uh, maybe, maybe let's return Dogris body up. We can just go up through one of the hatches into the engine room and leave him there and then keep searching? Sure. I mean, actually, I, I should... Hold on. I'm very, very hurt and I need yeah, to... So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're all bleeding badly. Let's take one moment to heal. So that'll take up 
all of the remainder of one of our final wands. We have one wand <laughs> remaining with 50 charges left for Baron. Uh, I believe Metro was down around 70. Nestor was down around 80. Baron was down 131. Oh. Uh, which is why he was on Death's Door as well. And uh, use some scrolls there because scrolls, they do they do feel like they should be kind of an out-of-combat thing. Uh, easier to, to use post-combat rather than waste an action pulling one out and then casting it. Unless it's removed paralysis. It's true. Those are That is something I do not uh, have the capability of uh, casting uh, without the aid of a scroll. So, um, yeah, we are, we are healed up. And, uh, you know, I, I like that idea as, as both Grand and Baron of figuring out the significance of why these people would be down here. Hopefully there is a good reason. And uh, we can provide some degree of justification for going down here outside of just treasure lust. Shedding a, a, a team member. So, all right, we'll say you bring Dalgrith up to the engine room and stow him away safely um, near one of the pipes. Um, you accidentally lean him against one of the burning plates, and it just scars his already dead face. And you're like, ah, damn it, damn it. <laughs> we don't realize for a second. He's just like, do you smell that? What does that smell? <laughs> burnt dwarf. Oh, God. Um, Sounds like an egg hitting a hot plate. Burnt hair because his beard is all gone. You're like, son of a... And so you lay him down on the pipes. Uh, and then you go back to the intersection. I just want to you- take a minute. <laughs> Okay. Can I have a, can I take a minute? I just want to thank Grant for being a fucking good player <laughs> and a good dude. And the rest you can go fuck yourself. Yeah, he had an actual like good emotional scene. I said, exactly. I said a couple of nice things about you. You did. You did. You didn't uh, cry though. Grant cried. No, yeah, Grant cry. cried and uh I didn't cry. basically made me cry and then uh as usual, Troy just was like this is all going really great and then he just pissed on it. <laughs> Here's why I, I waited till you healed. <laughs> Here's why I didn't cry. It's your own fault. I could have saved you. Metro probably is emotional. Matthew is. Matthew. Matthew feels way less sentimental about this. Well, if you want to get into it, I'll fucking get into it. I think that we could. I think if you teleported me out of there, it, he'd be alive for sure. Um, but I think there's a decent chance that Nestor would be dead. Now that is a trade uh, you've made clear multiple times you'd want to make because uh, you've told me privately how much you hate Nestor. But uh, I did not feel that Dalgraith would want to leave him out uh, to, to hang with four spiders and the main... Uh, I'm going to call her a boss because I died to her, so I'm going to keep calling her a boss. Uh, well, she but, was in charge of the spiders. I forgot yeah. to tell you. Her yeah. name was uh, Volstice, Inquisitor of... <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, oh, you buried the lead. Ah... <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> All right, so you're back down at that intersection. You know, you went around and around and around. You saw various, uh, these these ducks leading off in every which direction. They all seemed to turn. Um, as you came up this final uh, edge of the square, you've now stood there long enough to have looked around and see that it just wraps in a perfect square. Um, but, for example, right, right where you're standing leads further to the south, and then there are other passageways uh, behind you that lead to the south, three of which, in fact. And then if you go back north, there are some going east, west, north. Um, what are you thinking? 
What what is your stealth, Baron? Uh, Baron's stealth is at a plus 17. Okay. Yeah, why don't we just... I mean, we can't scout now, obviously. So we'll just all... I think we just stay in a group. Yeah. And just try to quietly make our way down these passages. We're all still extremely stealthy. Yeah, yeah. So we'll just creep down these halls until we find something interesting. And we're thinking southeasterly because that's where we ran into this person. Yeah, first. whatever's yeah, yeah, whatever's closest to where she popped up, I would think is the most likely to be something interesting. Regularly checking for traps. Yep. And maybe, maybe this is something that you can see etherealness, right, Metro? I can constantly see ethereal. So maybe we can follow webs like a like a yeah. trail of breadcrumbs is that something possible troy or do, are there webs every which direction um there are the webs don't seem to have any pattern to them um you see one up uh towards the end of this coming intersection for example uh and then if you were to look around the corner you see another one up to the north a little bit and then in this room um there was one back um you know, about 40 feet or so, kind of like where you guys were clumped up um, as you took down the Inquisitor. Um, so, yes, you can see those now. Well, we're standing at the intersection of the easternmost southern pointing corridor. Why don't we just go down this one? Great. Uh, and Baron's going to go ahead and walk in his offhand with the broom of flying because we get a sense that this is attached to the engine room and might shoot out into a propulsion duct at any time. It's just an extra precaution. Um, so um, it looks a little odd like he's here to clean out these air sewers. <laughs> but um, there's a reason. There's a, there's a Chim Chimaroo. <laughs> Baron is now played by Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> Uh, all right, Baron, you want to stealth up there, walk up there, broom up there? Yeah, well, I'll stealth up there. Uh, let me give you the roll. Okay. Oh, great. Uh, 36. Oh. Okay. Uh, so you are able uh, to stealth up there. Uh, you think you are pretty quiet. How far can you see in uh, dim light? I'm capable of seeing forever in dim light and dark light at 60 feet. Right. Dark at 60 feet. Well, here it's going to be darkness because you're getting further away from that light source provided by the the glow of the engine room. So 60 feet. um, That's going to be perfect. When you reach the edge, you see something right at the edge of your vision around the corner. Roll a perception check. Uh, two, uh, two, 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 sorry about that. Oh. 35. 35. Looks like some white creature, maybe. There's several appendages. But it's not moving. White creature. It's a polar bear. <laughs> it's lost. How much does a polar bear weigh? Is there a knowledge that I could attempt to check with what I see? Is it close enough for that? I don't know, but it's enough to break the ice. <laughs> okay, I, I got polar bear. Polar bear. 
Both uh, questions have. Can I roll a knowledge check to determine what this multi-limbed creature is? Um, yeah, you really you don't really see enough of it to uh, get a sense. It's right at the edge of your vision, so if you move a little further in, you might be able to see a little more. Metra, I see something. I'm going to move forward. And, and I'm doing that also because Metra has a wider array of uh, knowledges. Oh, yeah. Can I just peek out from behind the corridor? Mm-hmm. I'll stand. Well, Baron, I will switch places. We'll grab hands and do si do and... You use another casting of that thing to switch places. We're <laughs> <laughs> five feet next to each other. No, sure. I've done it twice per day. I can only do it twice per day. So swing your partner round and round, do si do. Metra's now looking down the corridor. Is she able to see more? Does she need to move forward? All right, thanks. So just at the edge of your vision, you saw this whitish creature, maybe multiple appendages, uh, but you can't see more. So Metra takes a peek around, and Metra, you are able to see the whole show. (gasps) What the fuck is that? Is that a phase spider skeleton? It is a... Dark Souls boss. Oh my it god, is. it is. Holy shit. It does appear to be some sort of spider. Not necessarily the face spider, but you don't really know. Uh, because it is uh, a skeleton. A skeletal version of a spider. Wow. Is it, Huge is it dead? Or is it, does it appear to be resting? It's not moving. Um, you know, if this was... Uh, not a fantasy setting, you'd be like, oh, it's dead, it's a skeleton. But this is a weird fantasy story, you don't know. <laughs> All right, so what? Shit gets weird in this shit story. Shit gets weird. Metra is Skeletons going walking to... Skeletons walk and talk. <laughs> is going to cast Ghost Sound on the far end of the corridor. Nice. Great use of the can't trip. So you cast Ghost Sound, what is the sound? Caca. <laughs> the giant spider skeleton does not move. It does not tilt its head or anything. Nestor knocks a single arrow and <laughs> fires it into it. I'm going to have you roll to hit. Uh, Natty 18. Alright, so it's one of the eyeball leg bones. <laughs> Nothing. No sound. No movement. Does the leg bone break or react to it in some way or does the uh, arrow get wedged into the wedged bone? right into the bone also sp- spiders don't have bones no right. they right. don't so so it's kind of like uh it carapace. looks it looks like a bunch of femurs like placed into spidery like legs yeah like, it it's looks like, like human bones it's like some sick-minded artist assembled a spider giant spider out of bones it looks to be some sort of exoskeleton of a giant spider okay so it's not bones it's yeah. just exoskeleton detect, yeah. detect magic um i am within 60 feet you know what my uh best friend emma grew up raising turtles and tarantulas and they would take the shed skin of their tarantula and scare people you know they'd put it on the side ah, and it's just the the like kind of like a june bug how they'd leave behind their uh their their shed skin so Maybe this is leading us to the mother of the brood of spiders that we just fought. <laughs> you do detect magic coming from the direction of the exoskeleton. All right, let's, uh, let's approach cautiously. Cautiously. Okay. We're still stealthing there in case there's something else. 
You start to approach Baron, now leading the charge. Uh, give me some stealth rolls if you're all going together. Uh, natural two, 20. Uh, 45 for Nestor. 25 for Baron. You walk up, Baron in the front, Nestor about 15 feet behind, Metro behind him, and Baron, you put up your hand to hold off Nestor because you realize inside of the exoskeleton of this spider is a bomb. <gasps> what? And we'll see you next week. <laughs> Oh bomb. my god! That's the most surprising thing to find in a giant oh dead god. spider. <laughs> oh man! Now we know what to put down through the moon door. <laughs> the Glass Cannon Podcast is a Glass Cannon Network production and is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Giant Slayer is copyright 2015. Giant Slayer and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission. 